Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very talented friend. I will always be her little crackerjack, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> I love that. Am I the prize? Am I the tattoo in the box? Well, you can be. Yeah, the two of us in one. I'm into that. There we go. Ah. I like this show. Oh, I feel like I feel like I know where we're going. With Do this. you? I don't know. So okay, uh, go. I've got what you love, a quiz. Okay. So what does the Ferris wheel, the X-ray machine, the Ford Mustang, IMAX movies, Cherry Coke, and the Eiffel Tower all have in common? Holy crap! Um, what you got? Iconic brands. I don't know. All things that are round. Nope. Here you go. They all made their debut at the at a World's Fair, also known as now the World Expo. Oh. So for all those you don't know, it's a huge international exhibition showcasing the achievements of many nations, and it's been around for hundreds of years. Um, yes, hundreds of years. I mean, I know um, the World's Fairground in New York is in yeah, Flushing. and there's one in St. Louis and in oh, really? France and Paris. So it's not just in New York. Got it. Yep. <laughs> That's World's Fair. Right. But I just love everything revolves around New York anyway. So. Of course you do because you're a New Yorker. So. Right. <laughs> so. And so we can't forget all the innovations in food that happened to um, to handle all these fairgoers. Um, so out of St. Louis, of course, you know, I'm going to tote that, being from St. Louis, in 1904, um, the hamburger, the hot dog, peanut butter, iced tea, and the club, oh, club sandwich, and uh, cotton candy, and the ice cream cone all made their debut or gained notoriety during that World's Fair. I was going to say, I will argue about the hamburger. I know that it came from upstate like, uh, upstate New York, Ohio rivalry. Well, it's kind of like when they really either were introduced to the world and really caught on, that kind of thing, outside of little, you know, little town in upstate New York. Hmm. So, speaking of all those who are all fairgoers with their creative innovations, let's talk about today's designated drinker. Let's introduce Adam Birnbach, the director of Estadio. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hi, how are you? Glad good, to be here. good, good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank it's you. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And the reason why, you want to know why? Why? I want you to spill all the secrets you have on Gina. Just give them to us. Now. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to talk about the lead up. I want to talk about the lead up. First. Innovative cocktails. No, any, any I love all this. Spare goers. No, I love this, but I feel like that Adam today should drop like his new invention, secret, like a secret on us, because at the World Fair they released something that was secretive. Yeah, it's you. We want to know all the dirt he has on you. No, <laughs> no that's not okay. <laughs> there, there are so many stories that started falling to my head. I'm like, that's not gonna be okay. <laughs> I once saw Gina take a life. <laughs> oh, you're not. You, you, come on, something more original than that. I'm sure there's about six of us who could say that. Gina, I mean, I'm Gina has soul. Jamie Hoffa buried in her backyard right now. <laughs> I'm buying that one. <laughs> no, but honestly, tell us about how your career started. And I'm, in, I'm sure there's going to be lots of Gina stories in there. But tell us how it all started for you. Um, so I moved here from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, when I was 16. And Cape Cod's like a big hospitality area. I don't know if you ever, it's a big resort area. So I, I worked a little bit there. And when I moved down here, I got a job at a, at a coffee roastery right by where my high school was. Mm -hmm. And so I started roasting coffee. And when you roast coffee, you gotta, 
you got to taste it afterwards to make sure you did it right or try the different variations. Uh, and so that's how I learned how to taste. And simultaneously, my parents, who were actually they were not drinkers, which is pretty wild, but they used to go to a, uh, a bar every Friday night to have dinner. Yeah. And I would go meet them there. And there was these two bartenders who worked there. It's actually, it was an old town. It was like Echoes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was just mesmerized by these bartenders' ability to just move. Like, their, their presence, they were just in all of their guest lives. The bar was... 3D with regulars. They knew everybody. They knew what was going on in everyone's life. They had drinks. I mean, it was just, it was the most mesmerizing. You know how people who are like really into ballet? Yeah. It was, it was, it was like a, a form of ballet. It was amazing. I and think it's like, I'm sorry, like bartenders who like put on a show, like have that presence. Is that kind of what you're talking about? In, in some ways, but I think it's more just sort of, it's, it's like some sort of superhuman friendship. Yeah. It, it, it's this this ability to be great hosts. Yeah, to be the most remarkable hosts. So to to have that experience and then have the tasting experience simultaneously, that's how I I got into to the beverage world. Oh, cool. cool. Mostly just the, the the my two loves are are the the atmosphere of a bar and that kind of that human interaction, and then also just flavors. Yeah. Yeah. So are you? So are you both sides? And would you say that you kind of nerd out in that space of flavor, but then you're an extrovert? I'm an extrovert when I'm I'm at a bar. Gotcha. So it's it's spatially dependent. It's spatially. It's like uh, I guess maybe I don't. I it, it's I need that 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 level of energy to kind of be there, and so I, I can't do it all the time, but I, I mean, I love to do it. I just can, I can do it in the arena of, of, of my, my, my atmosphere, so my restaurant. turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, cool. What about you, Gina? Are you always on? Are you the same way, though? No, I'm either on or asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Like, yeah. I don't have, like, it's just a thing. Yeah. Especially now with kids. It's like, it's like epic. Like, you gotta constantly be going. Like, my day started at, like, 5.30 this morning. It's like, Mommy, I'm like, oh, okay, hi. Because <laughs> it's never like you get woken up like, Mom, with a gentle push. It's always, it's an announcement. It's like, a, Mommy, I'm awake, so get up. Yeah. And, every, and well, then, you know the nuts don't fall far from the tree, though, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so, I mean, yes, I've passed that ability on to them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was listening when Adam was saying, I totally agree with you about that theater thing. I've watched some bartenders work, and they're they're kind of amazing to watch. And like no no stumbles. It's a practice performance. They can move behind each other and like not touch each other in a very small space. Like give a drink, put down a napkin, all within like without losing the stare of your eyes. Yeah, and that's. But also to be part of people's lives in that way, and to to make a connection so quickly, and to. To be able to move on to something entirely different, then pick that connection back up just as quick. I mean, it's yeah, it's that's something. I mean, the movement is, is exceptional into itself, but just that that human interaction and and the, the the ability to move within that human interaction is, I think, for me, the most remarkable thing. Those are I the mean, ones I get the. I'm sorry, the like the therapist tag. I mean, like, like to your point, they know you, they know your children, they've talked to you, and then turn, and they'll know the other person, but then can go back and pick up where you left off. Those are the ones with the houses in Potomac, Maryland. Because <laughs> <laughs> the tip gets bigger by the second. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, like Gina. Look, I mean, 
I the the joy I feel when I see when I see Gina, which is not really that often at this point in my life, mm-hmm. or even that, yeah. but it. I mean, it's just it's, it's just we're sort busy. of life. Yeah, we're busy, but it, how quickly like it, how quickly we can just move into that. Pick up where you left yeah, off. Yeah, where we left off. Yeah. It just and I think I mean I think that speaks to, to Gina's ability. I mean it's it's. Uh, I'd say also our friendship to be able to just be like. Well, no, I, I, well, of course our yeah. friendship. I'm not. Yeah. I'm saying uh, there's a, like an emotional intelligence. Yeah. That's what that's the word I would be. Intuitiveness. Yeah. The intuitiveness. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that people, Gina is a great example. Just have in in bountiness, like just spades. Good word. <laughs> she seems to like it. That's no, a really good word. <laughs> I was just thinking about. I don't know. Why. Can I say what popped in my head? I don't, really don't know why. When you keep saying taste and stuff, like opening an air freshener, like in a car, like like those, those pine tree things, and like you open it up, you have all these flavors and stuff, and then all of a sudden, like an emotion rushes over you. Oh yeah. And like, and then you were just talking about like this, like emotional, like, and I, I don't know why that connection just all came to me with like opening a fresh air freshener, but like, there's something about it, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what the connection is. I'm obviously losing my mind. Maybe <laughs> I've had too much sugar. We're drinking she did egg five, creams this morning. Right, five thirty this morning. Five this morning. <laughs> I also just had a Glad jolt of sugar. Oh, well, I know. I know. We, we, we tended the roosters. Yes, Gina started the show with amazing chocolate egg creams. Yeah. As we sit outside Union Market this morning, all the construction, the delivery, working yes. space. Yes. It's beautiful it's though. A, it's a little chocolatey now that I'm, I'm tasting it for uh, the time of day. I would have lightened it up just a bit, but I don't know. I think it's delicious. Yes. I mean, it's so good. So tell Keep us going. about what you're doing at Estadio. So at Estadio, well, I should talk. Back up. Oh. Okay. okay. Back up. All right. I'm going to back up. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to lead it. Adam did some amazing stuff, okay? Like he, I'm gonna, I will say this. When I, when I met Adam, he started, he was bartending at, First, all right, go, go to the movie theater. Let's just start there. You want to start the movie yeah, theater? I, want you to, I mean, I feel like that was your first bigger gig, right? Don't you think? And then you went to bar pull up, right? Am I right? I knew it. There was a large, large swath of distance between those two gigs. I yeah. know, but it was like, yeah. we met like your, like, everyone went to see you at the theater, and then we went to bar pull up. I mean, it was, that was my, f- one of, I got. Go, like, tell, three... tell your lineage, go. Okay, so. Up. He's trying. <laughs> All right, so I, I so the movie theater was this art film movie house that had a bar on the outside of it. Oh, cool! And I, I bartended there because it was the coffee place I was talking about. It's the same guy who opened that up uh, a few years later, and I wanted to get into bartending. Um, and I told I would like bar back there, barista there, or do whatever, or take tickets, and so I started working there and kept begging them to give me a bar spot. I was not 21, by the way, <laughs> which I don't know if you're familiar with Washington D.C., but there's laws that that preclude you from from bartending when you're under 21. But um, I started there doing a number of things, and then when I turned 21, I got a bunch. I got two other bar jobs: one at a jazz club and one at a pool hall. And then I very soon after started bartending at that that place. Cool. And it was it was a personal. I mean, it was. The insane amount of money that I made there is actually like it's insane. It's <laughs> it's it's crazy to think about. Like it was it was maybe the best bar job I ever had, and it was like at twenty one. But uh, the cool thing about that place is that you, there was no real there was art movie art movies, but the bar itself had no real draw. And so they when they gave you a bar a bar gig, they were like, okay, you're 
You got, <laughs> you got Wednesdays. You got to figure out how to do this. You have these things available to you. And so I immediately uh, was given the opportunity to just promote a night. That's kind of a fun creative challenge, though. It's a it. It's, daunting, it's, maybe, it's, but I know fun. I would. I was. It was actually in no way daunting. It was so much fun. Oh, cool! It was so cool, and because of that, everything that kind of came came from that. The lead nights. The lead night. Yeah, like the lead nights. Oh God, I love those nights. You made so much more. Oh, pool lead no, nights. No, the or? lead. You were the lead bartender. So oh, that lead. was your lead. night. Lead. Yeah. Gotcha. And then if you got really good, you got a support staff, or you got a second bartender, or you got something. Yeah. So like. I love those nights. It was amazing. I, I had, I brought friends in to DJ. Like if they were like in a local band or a local scene, I would have them DJ. So they bring the, their friends in. Made I made flyers. Like I did hand drawn flyers <laughs> that I photocopied. Which Adam's an amazing awesome. artist. Amazing artist. Oh. We'll get into that. For, go, get into that. So that's yeah. That's where it started at the the movie house. And then what happened? And then uh, from there it closed. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the money was in your pocket, <laughs> and uh, it from there where did I Saint X. Oh yes, I started at Saint X, which was really exciting for me. Saint X had just opened, and now like that was the hot, like the hottest place I think at the time, at least in my mind, in my friend's mind. So to get the job there was pretty, okay, pretty awesome. You're giving like no homage to it. Okay, so on 14th Street in DC, before 14th Street had 700 places to go. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll roll into it. Okay, go into it. Go in. <laughs> so there was nothing. Yeah. Was barren landscape. No, there was a. There was you. In terms of so there were Adam, get it? Ha ha. And oh. Maggie and it was that place Manny and Olga's Pizza. That was it. I don't, oh. Was Manny Olga there? Yeah. Uh, well, 14th Street. So lo lower 14th Street had a number of, of restaurants and bars. Where Stadi was now, there was a place called uh, uh, the 11th Hour and the Saint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like a big thing in the in the 90s and early 2000s to have a restaurant that at 10 o'clock pushed all the tables out and became yes. a club. And I remember I used to drink underage at where Stadi is now. Uh, <laughs> and there was, yeah, there was Metro Cafe and uh, Diversite. And then they, they kind of reached up when when the Black Hat opened. Uh, and we took, St. X was a, uh, I think it was, it was a grocery store that actually had a, uh, this, a, to my understanding, a dogfighting ring in the basement. Oh, good God. Yeah. Um, and so when St. X took it over, they dug out the basement a little deeper. And, uh, and it was there was there was really not a lot of things there for that on that side of 14th Street for yeah. people to go out, and it it did extremely well very quickly, and cool. it was it was it was a pretty pretty great experience to be in, you know your early mid twenties, you know managing yeah. bar managing there, it was. It was wild. Bartending. Getting punched a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> Vodka sodas were still a thing. Vodka sodas were very much a thing. They were very, they were crazy. They were. Um, Kamikaze uh, shots. <laughs> yes. What was the other the other shot you guys used to do down there? Um, first of all, I, was, I would partake in those cocktails. Uh, what, are, what are they, they called, uh, I mean, Lion's Tail is a cocktail, right? But it's yeah. the, uh, the lion, uh. What did you guys call it's, it? it? No, it's, it's, um, Soko and Lime shots. What are they called? Lion tamers. Oh, that's it. That's it. And the red-headed <laughs> sluts you guys used to make. No, no, I don't think we never had Jaeger. No, you did. It was downstairs when like Rachel was there with you. You guys had Jaeger down there. Really? Because because Andrew, 
used to, when we used to come over there for 15 Rhea, we used to get them, we used to line them up. And then, and then, and then we just go right into shots. First of all, I drink more shots in that basement than I can't really talk about. And I may have been asked to leave several times by most of my friends for picking up records that didn't belong to me and demanding them to be played. <laughs> so, right, uh, the Red Bull was down. You did have Red Bull down there. Oh, I don't even remember that. You did. All right, keep going. We'll keep going. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So yeah. So we're going down memory lane. We like. I know. Rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Come so, on, the rabbit holes. Saint X was 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 wild. It was extraordinarily busy. Um, and actually, that was my entry into wine pretty significantly because I was the bar manager and I got into into to whiskey. I was really into whiskey, and they were like, "Okay, you get whatever whiskeys you want." Nice. Uh, they they were they were extremely supportive. And uh, Andy Myers, who's the wine director, or actually the beverage director now of uh, Think Food Group, at the time was the general manager of restaurant Nora, and he lived two blocks away. And he would come in, um, and he was like, "Hey, oh, you're really into to, to whiskeys. I got I have like connections with some people who sell really interesting products. I'm gonna send them over here." But he was he was always really supportive, um, and through him, I kind of got into wine. And, and then soon after, Bart Seaver became the chef. Of Saint X and Bart Seaver was also had a, a pretty big interest in wine, and he brought in a lot of stuff with his knowledge. Wow! Sorry, I forgot he was there. I forgot that was like his big thing. It, it was, was like his first big, uh, first big gig. And the carrot cake. From now the he teaches. Show. He teaches at Harvard, I think, which is crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, he does the sustainable seafood. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he became a big sustainable seafood. Uh, Nat Geo guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. evangelist. <laughs> and uh, in later years, but. He was, yeah, he was really into wine, and so I learned how to, to kind of transfer that that tasting from coffee and whiskey into into, into wine. Uh, but the whiskey, the spirits were were always once I kind of got, got in with spirits, I, that's been it for me. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. So, did you guys start in the um, like the spirit, like like make crafting cocktails around the same time? Then, Gina, are you? Well, I actually, I, I, wanna, I gotta say this. So, yeah. we were just we were talking. Uh, earlier before the show in my mind I think Gina was I'm actually very confident that the first cocktail or crop cocktail or actually just cocktail in general I ever had Gina made really? and it was a relevatory experience that I still remember to this day it was when you were at 15 Ria this was it was a whiskey bar I don't even know what year this was 2000 and 1978. Yeah. <laughs> like 2003. 1985. The Challenger just exploded. Like it was. Max Headroom was on the air. It was. Uh, it was. It might as well have been. It, it was. It was. It was before. It was like 2003. I think. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, 2003. Uh, sorry. Um, and it was. It was a, like a blueberry a bourbon smash, but it was. It was. We were calling it a, a blueberry mint julep. Something. Wrong. And everybody like. <laughs> It was revelatory. I I don't know that I've ever. It was. It was. It was I was like, what? The, what is this? This is the coolest thing. There's blueberries and mint and with bur- like with bourbon. This is so cool. Oh, ah. <laughs> I was so psyched by that. But yeah, it was at 15 Maria. Yeah. I think I met I met you at Penang. I think. But, Penang. Yeah. yeah. But but 15 Maria is the first time that that I had had a cocktail. Then you had that Bloody Mary bar too, right? Yes, so Bloody Mary's on Sunday. Oh my God. We had a giant Bloody Mary bar and then a DJ and $2 Pabst Blue Ribbons. 
that's hilarious. Okay, so speaking of cocktails, can we? Uh, oh yeah, let's, talk let's about the cocktail. partake in what you brought us or what you had here. So today, you know? Adam will get into it, but like Jack, Adam is a huge gin and tonic. What are you calling them now, gin and tonic? What are you calling it? Oh, so right now we're we're because this is June when we're recording this. Yes, uh, so. We're doing Junio Tonico at at Estadio, <laughs> yeah. which is our month long celebration festival that we do of. Uh, of the Spanish style gin tonic. Awesome. So, so this is not the Spanish style, but it's good. Um, but I wanted to make something for you. So this is our um, uh, rhubarb uh, tonic that we make in house. And then instead of doing um, soda water with the lime and the gin, we use um, champagne. It's delicious. It is, oh, it is really delicious. And uh, it's just kind of like nice and light and everything. A little terrifying to make Adam a uh, gin and tonic. He's like devoted his, so what, his whole being to gin and tonic. So what's the break? And the dark side. So how do you make this? So it's uh, two ounces. Sorry. It, so it, you have to make a, um, a rhubarb syrup. Okay. But you can purchase rhubarb syrup to make it easier for yourself from... Um, uh, I'll put it up on the site. I can't okay. remember the name of the company you can okay. get it from. But um, so it's two ounces of gin. Uh, half an ounce of lime juice, you're gonna squeeze it fresh, then you're gonna put uh, about an ounce of the syrup, and then you're gonna finish it up with about four ounces of champagne. It is not for the uh, light drinker. No. <laughs> so do you, would you go, uh, what kind of champagne? Is it dry then? Is that what you would recommend? Yeah, really dry. Like a, um, you want this to make a long dry cocktail. You're not looking for um, something sweet and like and sugary. Yeah. So. No, it's um, really delicious. Yes. Yeah, and it's like one of the super refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and like you just like you kind of pound them. You know, it's ninety degrees outside. Well, if you pound these, I think we might be on the floor. My meeting, my meeting ladies, would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> would you be on the floor, or would it be like three o'clock? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We gave we gave up all the information today, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna, if we're gonna get down this hole, I feel like I should just go get all the whiskeys and line them up and just start going through a full tasting. <laughs> it's gonna be a six parter. We have had those episodes. They hurt. <laughs> oh right, I'll bet. I'm a little bad. Yeah. So, um, should we jump in with, uh, let's talk about what you're doing in... No, let's talk about, let's talk about Bar Pilar. Okay. okay we're going to do the history. That's big debut. Okay, let's do it. I actually, like, I like this. I like every time we talk about a period, you're going to try to transition into what the, the actual functional relevant well, <laughs> point of view. No, we're, no, no, is, you're just like, no, next step on this dumb journey. So here's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to keep you guys, listeners, I'm trying to keep their conversation out of that one night when we were in when uh, No. We, Joe, remember the guy Joe on oh, We have not even gotten to that one night yet. <laughs> yeah. that, like, that one night will happen. Boring. He creates something in Barbalar that and Let's Barbara, hear it. It's, it's go. <laughs> it's really important. Go. All right, no, it's in the history cocktail. No, I believe it. Okay. I believe it. I'm just laughing at how off the rails this episode is. <laughs> but it's so much fun. <laughs> Whatever. So it's it's gonna it's gonna get worse. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna promise you now. I'm just gonna I'm gonna apologize in advance. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> Hold on to your seat, folks. So yeah. So in 2007, I was working at a a small. I actually it was the one non-bar job I've ever had. Okay. Uh, was I was working at a restaurant called Comey, which is only it's a small tasting tasting menu restaurant, and there was no bar there. Actually, Derek Brown was the uh, was the GM som there at the yeah. time. So, and also Chantal worked there at the time. Yeah. So there were three people who should have been bartending or were bartending. <laughs> um, Didn't Cat Bangs work there too? Uh, later, she she followed me, I think. But um, so I. People who owned St. X opened up a bar called Bar Pilar while I was still at St. X, and I helped open it. But then I left, and I was so I was at this restaurant, Comey, and Bar Pilar wasn't 
really doing what they, they kind of expected it to. And in conversations, I was still close with them. They were like, hey, is there any possibility that you would want to come back and just run Parpolar? You can do whatever you want. You could turn it into a tiki bar if you wanted to. Which, by the way, at the time was a wild thing to say because nobody was into tiki. Yeah. Was tiki bar was like, was I, 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 in 2006, 2007, shorthand yeah. for like, my ties? Clown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fridays was a tiki bar. <laughs> we all forgotten that they were delicious drinks. Yeah. Um, so I eventually went back to Bar Pilar and I was sort of trying different things to think that I thought would be cool, like what a bar would, I thought would be cool to hang out or would do. And I was, I was getting into, I was very seriously getting into cocktails at the time. I had done a few other steps on that road in terms of doing cocktails at different places, but nothing that that good and I knew I was shit and <laughs> but I was I was still trying different so things I know at that point dude Whatever. it was it was rough uh, but I was still very interested in it and especially running a place when you're kind of responsible for a staff and responsible for getting them excited about something and leading them and doing things that you you needed that that you knew you required that buy-in from them um it was it was very it was a lot of careful walking. It was like operator. Yeah. It was, it was like yeah. just just hitting the walls. It was like doing operator with like a dead hand. It was in the dark. So one thing that I ended up I was like trying to figure out a way to, to do cocktails, and I had I had a bar night. I had two bar nights, and I was like, oh, uh, it was uh, one of the the wife of uh, one of the bartender other bartenders was like, oh, you should just you should do a like a cocktail night, and it just clicked. And so I, I did this menu, and I like I just hand wrote a menu, and I scanned it and printed it, and it was. It did so much ring. We did it every Tuesday. So it, you just was it just a, a cocktail list, a menu like a fixed so menu? Initially, it was it was a five cocktail list, and then it turned into a uh, like a, a cocktail tasting menu. Gotcha. Of like two tastes and three cocktails, and it was. It was eleven dollars a cocktail and thirty six for the menu, I think. Nice. Uh, something ridiculous. There was something, and, yeah. and the products that that I use, like a whiskey that's now several thousand dollars, I would use. But, <laughs> like, oh, we drank Pappy Van Winkles like that was a joke. We yeah. Like, Woo. We didn't know. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't know. We, it was, drank, well, yeah. we expected it to go on fire. If it never yeah. had a fire, it wouldn't be so rare. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so so that that was the first like bit of real attention that I got and it was actually because of that that I met my wife oh look at that because she would come in and she but she would come in and not my bar night so I didn't really have a way to talk to her <laughs> but I would I would be managing and I would so like I would just so taken with her and one of the other bartenders Burley who actually his wife was the person who gave me the idea for it would make fun of me she would walk away like close her tab and, and walk away he would just, just, just loud enough for me to hear it, but just quiet enough for her not to hear it. Adam loves you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, I got like something at the Washington and then I got something in, it was Fritz Hahn wrote an article about the slow cocktail movement mm. and it had my name in it. And it was in like the weekend section when the weekend that Camille's mom was coming up. And she saw it, and, and then she, like it was just a connection between. Just like, oh, I saw you in this, and we started talking. And so you just needed an article written about you. That's that's all you need. That's, that's if, if that's what you're in. Yeah, that's that's my <laughs> advice to everybody <laughs> in this world. If 
If you're on Tinder or Bumble, just, <laughs> just do whatever you need to do to get media attention. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Really, that's actually the decline of our society. Is, is that why that. you're on the podcast, just keeping the love alive, keeping, yeah, that's, keeping the flame, ab- ab- yeah, ablaze? Uh, every every day, I re- re-meet my wife in some form or another. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's gonna love this. That's so funny. Uh, oh, hilarious. Yeah, my husband loves it when we talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> and then Neil, Gina's loves to be on the podcast to talk just about himself. He literally got on the podcast and talked about himself. Anyway, all right, now you can go present day. I wanted you to talk about what you did. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So I then I left Pilar. I joined up with uh, with Proof with a, a guy named Mark Culler, who we, we both love. And he was a, a friend of ours from the industry. And uh, he, uh, when I was leaving Pilar, he he was like, "Oh, hey, you want to come uh, come talk to me about coming to Proof? Proof is a wine wine restaurant. Yeah. Or it was it? Unfortunately, closed. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't think very much of it because I, I'm into wine, but not professionally. I, I was, you know, I'm a cocktail guy. They don't, it's not a cocktail place. Yeah. And we just, we had a series of lunches and he talked me into it. And he became a, a pretty, being one of the major mentors in my life. Cool. Um, it's funny how those things happen and how life just unfolds. And the universe just puts those things in front of you sometimes. And it's fortunately, wild. we're lucky when we accidentally like trip over them. Like, <laughs> so cool. You're right. It's crazy. And then, yeah, we, we opened up a studio uh, a couple years afterwards. And and here I am talking about studio. There you go. Yeah, so we so right now, yeah, Winnie Tonico, our festival of the gin tonic. We've come back to and it. And we're out. Full circle. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, time is out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Estadio is a Spanish restaurant that we've been open for nine years. And it's... It's wild. It's been so good. Thank you so much. It's yes. been so so wonderful for us, so successful. And one of the things that uh, it's been really really wild for us and successful for us has been the gin tonics that we do. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I remember when Mark called me, and he was like, "Oh, so okay. So in Spain right now, everybody they have these things. They they're gin tonics. They call them gin tonics. Yeah. They're all served in like burgundy glasses, which burgundy glasses are huge. Wine goblets, they're, right? Yeah, they're like they're, they're gigantic wine goblets. They yeah. look like like fish tanks on top yeah. of stems. Yeah. <laughs> and they got these big, like cylinder shotgun cell shell looking uh, ice and, and crazy garnishes, and they're gigantic. And like we gotta have these. They're everywhere. And so I started looking into it. And in the states at the time, there wasn't really a lot of tonics available. There was Fever Tree. There was Q. But the whole thing in Spain was that they had, you know, there was like 70 different labels of tonic with 100 different gins and trying to figure out a way to do that in our, in, like, in, in a way that was, I guess, somehow not authentic, but authentic for us. Yeah. And what, what was going on with us, but also kind of speak to the Spanish gin tonic. Uh, we started making our own tonics there. And uh, it's... I, I, it's been overwhelming. It's been pretty fantastic. I, I don't know how many we've done. We've had two that have been pretty steady. One that's uh, Old Raj Gin with Orange Thyme and Dry Bay Leaf Tonic. So that good. sounds good. Thank you. And then another that's Tanqueray 10 with uh, Elderflower. and Elderflower. Uh, it's beautiful. Just like it's a like chamomile tea. It's beautiful. That's nice. And, uh, and grapefruit. And those two have always been, but we, we, get, we constantly switch up the tonic. I mean, there's, I don't know how many hundreds of tonics we've made. How does one make tonic? 
It's you make a soda and then you utilize a quinine in some form. So in our case, we used a raw chinchona bark, uh, which is so quinine is the is the refined version of the bark of the chinchona tree, oh. or the quinquina tree, depending on where you are in the world. Really? Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that use it. Uh, bitters use it. Brolichinato, which is a big love of mine, uses it. Uh, I'd say who uses. knew, but um, I'm look, two people who are sitting here looking at me yeah. did. <laughs> <Or do. laughs> I mean, it's our job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd, be, it'd be like, oh, what is, what's gin? I, I don't know what gin is, right? It's, yeah. it's a clear liquid that's strong. That's delicious. <laughs> I don't know. You got me. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> It's got, it's got a iris root in it. I don't know, oris root, whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, it, so it, it's become so successful for us that we've, we've expanded it over the years, and now we have a whole month, and we do it all year round uh, with gin tonics, but now we have a whole month that we do a wide variety of different things. Uh, I'm going to make probably 30 different tonics this month that are going to be special little tonics. Uh, we do specials on our two classic ones I was talking about. We do guests uh, guests come in and make different tonics. Um, we have I'm doing a seminar this weekend, uh, talking about how to make tonics, the Spanish gin tonics, just lots of fun different things over the course of one month. That's great. Yeah, that is fun. That's that's that's. I mean, it's funny is when you say that I'm like, ah, I wonder how you make tonic. I mean, like that's great that you do seminars too to share that, like, mm -hmm. and kind of that expand that. Not just are you making new customers because they're learning so much more and feeling you know, there's a loyalty because you're sharing knowledge. But I mean, really, you're sending off people off into the world to make their own cocktails. Yeah, kind of like this little show. But it's also, I mean, going back to what <laughs> what first attracted to me about bartending is is that is is there is those two bartenders their connection their ability to make connections so quickly and, and intuitively and, and, and that level of emotional intelligence and capacity for it and it's sharing something of yourself with your guests yes and this way i just it's just another version of sharing this is something that that i put a lot of time and care and thought and and my creativity and my intention into and I did it to share it with people. Yeah. And so it's just, just sharing it with people. I think it's great when in all, any profession that you, I mean, all professions, when people share their knowledge. As a creative director in advertising, I always thought it was really important to mentor and share. Don't keep secrets. Like, keep it open and, and just be open because it makes you better for it. And there's no reason to hide. If you're, you're really good, you shouldn't be intimidated by sharing your information. you got to change anyway. It's yeah. not... You, I, you know, just you just can't make the same thing. So once you do it, you have a ticking clock on that for when it's it's relevant or interesting for people. Yeah. Before you gotta you gotta move on. And so. I'm sure at your creativity That's level. That's true. Todd's been making the same drink for years. That's right, Todd. I said that. <laughs> but but even no, even then, like <laughs> even even your boy Todd is is he's making he's taking that that one German idea like that frozen rum and coke that he does. That thing is wild. It's literally Coca-Cola. I don't care. And it's so good. Yeah. Well, so Todd. And it's in a Coke can. So everyone knows Todd Thrasher's been on the show, and it was a, it was a two-part. If you haven't heard that one, Adam, we are drunken fools on that one. Um, partly because when Todd brought us our rum and Coke, that was his. He, that's what he. That's the cocktail he shared on the episode. He filled the straw, which was metal, with um, 151. So it didn't tell us. And we were like, of course, you take a big sip because you're you're. 
getting a frozen drink and it was like bam in your face. It was like a shot of one. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't shotgunning the Kansas Chardonnay. No, but it was just that one drink. It was that one drink. Real real quick, I should be completely honest and open palm right now. I put LSD in all of your eye creams. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Fabulous. I love that. It's going to be a good day. So what's new? Tell me what's what's coming up for you now. So coming up, I got two two new fresh albums drop I guess. Yes, yes. So this summer it's new sneakers on the street this summer we're opening up two different restaurants one is going to be in Charleston it's going to be Estadio it's going to be a, a kind of a variation on what we do up in DC is we, it in like the main hub where all the restaurants are King Street that area it's near there it's on, it's on Spring Street so it's it's where uh and familiar with Java yeah. Biscuit or where How Many Girls oh, R.I.P. Yes. sadly yes. was yeah um it's right there. Nice. Uh, so we're extraordinarily excited for that. Uh, working on a lot of things. We have a remarkable chef named Alex Lira, who's joined us from Bar Normandy. Uh, he's exceptional talent, and we're just really excited to be down there and in that community. And nice. we love Charleston. So, I mean, it's it's a great food. It's such a great, scene. great Good scene. Lord. Cocktail scenes off the hook. Great too. restaurants. Just, yeah. just phenomenal. Beautiful. Great people. You start rolling your pants. Um, I, I always roll my pants. I ever, mean, ever higher, since, a little higher. Ever since, <laughs> ever since Fabulous came out, I just do the one leg up. Um, I never got over it. Are you gonna move there? Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll live there partly, but unless unless Camille wants to move there, I'm not moving anywhere. <laughs> and then here in DC. And here have? in DC, we're opening up a restaurant called Oyster Oyster. We're extraordinarily psyched about that as well. It's um, it's. For lack of a better, it's going to be a sustainable restaurant. So it's primarily vegetarian, um, very mushroom heavy, but also oysters. It's so what, the idea of it is that all the things that are going to be the gourmet foods for the the next fifty years, oh, wow. the things that are that are are very things that are sustainable, things that help the environment, not harm the environment. Yeah. Um, uh, the chef there, Rob Roba, is. I just just such a remarkable talent, me, and such a great human being. I mean, this is kind of a, you know, from his mind, and, yeah. and, and it's. I I'm so I'm the things that, I, that I'm working on for that. I, it's just so exciting for me. That's so, cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a new. whole different muscle and a different part of my brain and a different sort of track. Uh, it's it's been pretty wonderful thus far. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like it's right up your alley. Where does the name come from for Oyster Oyster? So, so many different things that people told me. I want to know. Well, references oysters, obviously, but also oyster mushrooms. So it's the two uh, different kind of uh, that's not what tracks. I Somebody told me it was a uh, punk rock song. I said, so I looked it up. I'm like, I can't find a punk rock song <laughs> called Oyster Oyster. So you can't get those three hours I'm back? I'm not even kidding. Like, I literally was like, no, it can't be. It can't be. And I'm like looking. Like, it, 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 it's possible. Listen, it's possible they just didn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but so so Max Keller, who is the the principal owner of Estadio, uh, and, as well as as as, as Oyster Oyster, uh, it would be it would be something for him to actually like to have and just not not tell because he, he would think it'd be kind of kind of kind of fun obscure. That's but hilarious. but but I th- but to my mind it is it speaks to the the two the two tracks of, of the the mushrooms and the uh, oh, and the that. oysters. And that's hilarious. But Where is that going to be located? It is be located on Eighth Street and Shaw. So Justin, I guess that's that's technically North Shaw. No no no, that's still that's still kind of like that's Mid Shaw. 
She's also a pretty uh, yeah. large neighborhood in Washington, yeah. D.C. for those of... It's the up and... It's not up and coming. It's the... Yeah. It's one of the neighborhoods to be so, at. So it's right around... It's, it's near our dear friends in Maxwell Park. Uh, so... That'll be fantastic for my liver, being there. <laughs> I'm excited. I, you know that I just want to have the cocktail, so, you know. I lo- thank you, Rob, for making all the food delicious, but we're really there for the, the cocktail game. Thank you. It's true. It's you. Oh. Are you ready for that one? Yes. Yes, I always... <laughs> <laughs> Was this her addition to the show that she... I did drink my whole drink. I know that you have this is you, but like, I'm like, ah, just drink it. Um... Okay, ready? Yeah. If you could describe yourself or or only have, what would be your spirit ingredient? If I could only have one spirit? Or, or describe yourself <laughs> as, as an ingredient. So instead of your spirit animal, what's your spirit ingredient? Oh, ingredient. Oh, man. I, I got to be ginger. Uh, why? Uh, because... Um, it's very subdued and nondescript uh, at first glance, but then I'm incredibly intense and <laughs> <laughs> and spicy. <laughs> and, and also, I'm, I'm really hard, and I have fibers that get caught in your blunders, and then I, could, I shattered your juicer into a million pieces. Pain in the ass at the same time. God, but you love what you have in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. Oh my God! All right, let's. You know what? Before we head out, I got a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, yeah, we yes. have a call. I always forget. I know you do. I'm a terrible podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> we make a good team, Gina. We make a good team. Oh, my so, God. Three years. I know. Jeez. So, if you want to find out where you can find Adam and his amazing cocktails, you're going to head over to where? Designated Drinker Dodd Show. Where? Designated Drinker Dot Show. And Gina, and also you'll get today's recipes, of course, all of Gina's tricks and tips and how-tos on all the cocktails from all of the shows. But um, we'll make sure everything for you, Adam, is there as well, so our guests, our listeners, can come be one of your guests. Thank yeah. you so much, and thank you for having me. Okay. This has been such a wonderful experience. Okay, now we have to like jump off so you can no, have a real dirt on Gina. <laughs> So we put the body. <laughs> <laughs>